We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yep, so definitely going without the soundboard, but still going to be a great show. Actually, I have a lot of really cool topics. Uh, no thanks to both of you who never responded to my hey. text yesterday. <laughs> I was busy. <laughs> and I didn't have any ideas. <laughs> well, actually, Ethan, you did give me a couple ideas last week. So mm-hmm. I wrote those down. Mm-hmm. And Matt, what what could you have been doing that was more important than supporting the show? Um, <laughs> what if I was supporting the show? What if I was on customer service with this to print yesterday? All day yesterday, too? No. (laughs) He's just making up a random hypothetical. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Matt, what are you you drinking? Let's do our intros. Let's let's go through our beers. Uh, Let me finish this. Ah, there we go. It looks fancy as shit. It is a Lambic from Belgium. How do you say it? Lambic. Lambic. Uh, the comp- the the brewery is actually called Tilquin or Tilkin. Tilquin. Is is that a type of beer? Lamb- the Lambic. Yeah, it's a type yeah. of beer. Ah. It's a wild or an open fermented beer from the from only from Belgium. Um, so they you know they brew it up and essentially just let bacteria from the air settle down in it into it and start fermenting. There's yeast everywhere. Um, and Tilquin's a, a really really well known brewery in Belgium. I'd say, you know, not maybe, maybe not like the super, super famous ones, but very, very, still very, very good. Very, very well regarded. Uh, very sought after. Uh, and this one was a new one I'd never seen. It has, um, it's a Belgian Lambic with Mirabelle plums, which sounds really good. It's a nice golden color. So, um, but yeah, it's sour. It's funky. It's uh, Bob and my Bob's Burgers glasses. <laughs> Oh hell yeah! That's so cool. Where'd you get it from? Just a place down the street. Oh, in front of taking Ethan if he had come. But it's okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I got surgery. <laughs> I'm I'm so sorry. Wait, uh, I like I, that. Just made me think of um, it's in Billy Madison, right? Where Adam Sandler is having the vision of the penguin and the girl cheating or whatever, and he's like, <laughs> "I'm so sorry to interrupt." <laughs> That's just what that made me think of. Holy shit, an Adam Sandler reference from the biggest hater of all time. I like Mr. Adam Ethan Sandler. Hurts. I like oh, Adam okay. Sandler just fine. Yeah. A lot just of people what, hate just him. Just not when I'm talking about him. Well, you guys have just the the reason I give you shit is because you're not your entire family, but you and your two brothers 
for your entire lifetimes have communicated in Adam Sandler movie references and quotes. That's like how you guys fucking communicate. And so that used to drive me crazy. So that's why I would give you shit. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm. Well then. Well, so are you back on uh, drinking beer this week? Cause you already got your surgery or what's the deal? I'm still doing water tonight just in case I end up, the pain's not too bad right now, but if the pain gets bad later, then if, if I want like a heavy, uh, you know, a stronger pain med, then it, you know, I don't want to have any alcohol. Mm. Well, so. so if you're not drinking, what are you eating? Um, having some homemade chicken soup. Actually, Ooh. I was going to say this is uh, probably a ASMR's uh, wet dream. You can listen to me, uh, <laughs> listen to me slurp my soup for the next twenty minutes. <laughs> Who's is it that, all made by? Um, by Yulia. By oh, I, I, I'm not supposed to mention her name. Shit. <laughs> edit that out. Will you edit that out? The person, oh. the person that I went out with last weekend, who uh, I've been seeing, she made the soup. <laughs> very nice. Very yeah. nice. Is ASMR the right thing? Is ASMR the right uh, abbreviation? Those letters are right. Uh, Okay. Maybe maybe not in that order. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, I'll be be slurping it up. What do you got, Colin? What's in your glass? I've got, I'll show you the glass in a second. Uh, All stretched out. This is Ass Clown right up the street (laughs) from uh, from my house here. Still love that name. Uh, So, so good. And then uh, I'm drinking out of my first father's day baseball bat mug ah you and greg yeah with your baseball bat oh nice it's very cool yeah very nice oh look at that yeah so it's very good it's a sour 9.0 so i'll be like matt tonight oh boy yeah i'm (laughs) on an empty stomach but this is only seven percent so we'll see how that goes oh boy oh boy all right boys you want me to rock us into this awesome conversation that we're going to have. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and everyone who's listening to this, you already know, but this episode is coming out a day before Thanksgiving. We normally release episodes on Thursdays, but we said we like to give the people what they want. This is the show where the segments are made up and the content doesn't matter. We've been merging beer, sports and politics or nonsense. Politics. Nonsense. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's what? the same thing. Yeah. Same I mean, thing a little since bit. 2021. Yeah. yeah, good point. Yeah. Yeah, one of these days I'll figure it all out. Yeah. But maybe that's like the hallmark to the intro. Like, <laughs> is that just Colin a little different every time? Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I actually like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except I'm really trying to get it. Like, <laughs> well, that's what makes it better, in my opinion. So, <laughs> oh man, I should just write it down. But I'm, I'm no, too lazy. Don't, don't, yeah. don't, don't. Well, I thought we could start, Matt. You had asked a mailbag question. Uh, last week that we never got to because we had a great conversation uh, with Gabrielle Starr and then we did a, a little bit we did a mailbag but we we got to a couple other things at the end I just remember um, what the question was <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got it for you <laughs> so you said Colin as a resident of the Carolinas tomato mustard or vinegar based barbecue sauce it's a big thing down there right coastal north and south right you know yeah for sure I was thinking about it it's hard to choose. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't want to pop out of the question, but like, all of it is good. I would eat it yeah. at any point. Um, I guess if I had to choose one. So for for, for those of you who are uninitiated, the the vinegar is literally like 
it's just liquid. It's not a sauce. It's just liquid yeah. with spices floating in it. So you literally just kind of soak your meat. Um, the vinegar, or excuse me, the the mustard is more. I mean, it's like a brownish, yellowish. It's a mustard base. So, but uh, and then you know, the tomato base in North Carolina. That's kind of more normal. I mean, normal. But they, they have. I'm sure they have their own twist on it. Some some of it, but. But yeah, you know, it's it's a big it's like a big source of contention down there. Like what yeah. what sauce you throw your your weight behind. Yeah. I think I would if I had to choose one of those three, I would pick mustard only because like I don't know that I could do barbecue that that type of barbecue like homemade. Whereas like I could do barbecue. I could probably even do vinegar and like it would taste decently, but the mustard barbecue, I, unless you like just buy it, but like no, that that's not really the same. So that's what I go with. I'll go somewhere, get some mustard barbecue, and crush it. Well, it was a trick question <laughs> because if you're worried about what sauce the place has, then obviously they're screwing up the meat. Mm. So you want to make sure you go go where the meat's right. The best barbecue doesn't require sauce at all. That's oh, true. Pearl of wisdom, right there. Wow. Mm, I'm, so I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that segment and I'm going to add it to the new soundboard that we're going to have <laughs> in the future. But was... I mean, in, in all honesty, they're all delicious. And like, I didn't really like mustard. I still really don't like mustard, but uh, mustard based barbecue sauce has gotten me to eat more mustard things. Uh, <laughs> I probably, probably like the vinegar the most, but it's, it's the least versatile unless you got like a pile of pork or something. You just can yeah. like soak through everything. You, know, you can't really put it on a sandwich unless you want a soggy bun. And uh, I mean, uh, who, who who doesn't like that tomato ketchupy, delicious thick barbecue sauce that everywhere else uses? So yeah, but yeah, yeah. The must and the must. It's not like yellow mustard. No, no, no. It's <laughs> it's spiced up. It's not just mustard. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. But that was a great question. And uh, I think it will go into, let's talk about the other fun thing that Ethan had brought up last time. So you'll be listening to this today is Turkey Day, Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, whatever you want to call it. And Ethan wanted to talk about Thanksgiving favorite foods. Yeah. If I had my soundboard, I would have played some music for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just think that Thanksgiving is like, so you guys know that I am, I am not somebody who gives a shit about tradition or ceremony. And in fact, I think that both of those things are actively harmful. I know, right? It's a shock. Um, But Thanksgiving, I actually do really enjoy. I love being around family and just, you know, being consciously thankful and grateful for things. And, And of course I love the meal. I just think it's delicious. And so Thanksgiving is, is a holiday that I actually do enjoy, despite its um, dubious uh, history, um, which we're not going to get into today. Why not? But, <laughs> because I don't feel like it. <laughs> You're welcome to talk about it. I don't feel like rant, it. I'm, rant, I'm relaxing. Rant, no, rant. I'm not going to fucking do it. No. Um, oh, I'm going to fire him up later. Don't worry, Matt. Okay. Um, so I guess, so for me, it's hard. I mean, I don't even know that I have one favorite food, but I just think it's fun to talk about like the Thanksgiving meal. For me, probably like stuffing and mashed potatoes all like just covered in gravy because you just don't do that that often or at least I never did my family never did growing up that was like a couple times a year you know and Thanksgiving being like the one guarantee and I just love that and then pumpkin pie and apple pie you know as dessert options are just you know the best so that's it Uh, you gotta go Colin because I've got some controversial opinions so uh, (laughs) I'll I'll stay to the end I mean I don't love Thanksgiving food I 
I mean, it's fine. And like, all right, you just eat it like at one day. I just don't eat any of those other foods like any other day of the year. I never even eat turkey except for on Thanksgiving. Um, I mean, it's all fine. Like you said, Ethan, I usually just put it into a garbage plate. That's a upstate New York shout out there, but, and just throw as much gravy on it. And then yeah, pumpkin pie, apple pie, like it's good. I don't, I don't really have a favorite. I, I like Christmas better. Cause like on the Italian side, we used to do like homemade pasta a lot, homemade pizzas, you know, oh, that's things, pretty cool. things like that. So that's what I look forward to. Nice. So I don't like gravy. Oh <laughs> my God. Like, wow. I don't He's like off. gravy. He's off like, the show. Actually, you know, you know what? It, I feel like this came up recently, didn't I it? I know it did. And, and I was wondering if you guys would remember or not. Yeah, I, I remember it just like, now. That's like, impressive. <laughs> and, and so I, I just, yeah, like it's the leftover goop. It's the it's the innards and the organs, which is I guess it's like all meat. That's the same thing eating, with stuffing yeah. too, right? Like stuffing is part of the nah, some, stuffing. You just put they it just put like bird. bread and herbs and shit. Yeah, and then you just crumbs. stuff it into the actual bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. breadcrumbs, seasonings, no. celery, onion. But Matt, my mom like, puts my mom puts breakfast sausage in there. Oh, oh, that's so good. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> we I, found I just, Matt's favorite. Oh, yeah. it's stuffing. Well, no, actually, again, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a Joe Possing. I'm gonna go gonna go outside the the rules and say my favorite Thanksgiving dish is the turkey noodle soup that my mom makes the day after Thanksgiving mm. with the carcass from the leftover turkey. Mm, that sounds you good. I mean, it's if you guys, like, she actually takes it and you, you boil it down. You like cook it. Okay, down. but do you understand? That's the same thing that gravy is made of. You're using the body parts to make something no, but flavorful. It's not the sludge. <laughs> it's it's broth. You're using not... you're yeah, but you're using the carcass. It, yeah, but it's you're not, using carcass it's the carcass sludge. juice. You're using carcass juices. It's sludge. Oh it's my god, sludge. So for you, so maybe. Flour. So okay, so maybe it's more about the texture for you than with gravy. Well, and there's no giblets in it. I guess the one the one time so you know the giblets are right. Yeah, they're like the fucking. It's it's the heart, the liver, and the gizzard. Yummy neck. Delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the one. The one time, the 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 worst experience I had. One time I was eating like reheated, um, reheated turkey noodle soup that my mom like packed up for me because she's the best and like made little soup containers and sent it back home with me. Um, And I thought I had like a dark piece of turkey, and I just you know scooped it up and right in the mouth and the texture was wrong immediately it wasn't stringy like turkey meat it just kind of weird tasting mush and that was it was the liver it was the liver got mixed up in there and blah, 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 like, uh, just they, it almost ruined it for me almost but i mean the, the power of mom's turkey noodle soup just pulls me back in but yeah i don't know it, it's not it's not it's not as much fat and flour goop it's sludge and giblets it's 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 soup it's broth yeah and yeah yes technically if you're splitting hairs ethan it is the cooked down <laughs> carcass but mom actually picks off all the remaining meat so it's cooked down carcass with love so very sweet very um, sweet but does yeah, your mom have a recipe uh i don't know i don't know if she's got a recipe or if she just like does it like all i remember um is that at the end of the uh like the whole end of the thing, you just like take a whole bag of egg noodles and just dump it right in. Mm. That's all I remember. That's all I'm usually around for because that's when it's closest to being ready. So that's where I show up. <laughs> yeah. um, but I don't know, mashed potatoes, stuffing. Um, I've been on a green bean kick re- recently. Like, 
just for dinner the other night, I ate two, well, whatever, they're old cans, but two cans of green beans was my dinner the other night with some Cajun seasoning on it. I mean, green so, beans are delicious. It's not yeah, a balanced meal, but they are delicious. It was wonderful. I mean, so, you know, and then the turkey, um, actually, again, shout out to my Uncle Jeff, probably the best turkey I've ever had. Mom makes a good one, but my Uncle Jeff, like, salt water and honey brined it for, like, three days Ooh. and just, like, stuck a bunch of butter in there. Oh, oh fuck yeah. It was so good. Like, I've never had a moisture turkey. Oh, it was so good. Um, and then the controversial opinion number two, you guys don't care. You're going to let the big guy talk about food still. I'm going to keep going. Go. Um, I don't <laughs> like pies. Like, oh, my God. Apple and pumpkin what pie. What the fuck is wrong with this guy? It, it's Go just back to Russia. It, you know, I, I, I like strawberry rhubarb pie, and that's about it. Like, uh, now, now, in my defense. Blasphemy. Sacrilege. If you had, if you had Mama Root cookies your whole life, every other dessert pales in comparison. Uh, all right, that is that's not a bad point. That's but like she idea. was asking, you know, what what dessert she should bring down, and if I wanted a pie, and I actually I threw out the you know, Grandpa Grandpa Willoughby's chocolate cake. You know, that, that's kind of what we're going for. I asked for chocolate mm. cake instead. So, yeah, but you know, I could fuck up some chocolate cake. Mm, like, that's not good. Also, third controversial opinion: chocolate pie is not pie at all. It's just pudding with some crackers around it. It's still delicious. I don't necessarily disagree with that with either of you. Yeah, yeah. Not <laughs> not like really pie, either. but but still tastes good. Yeah. I don't like pudding either. So yeah. Well, I, so well, pudding that that makes sense because they're def- so you definitely have an issue it's, it's with a texture that thing. Yeah, a gelatinous yeah. texture. Yeah, yeah. And I, don't, I don't like Jello either. So yeah. yeah so there you go. It. Yeah. So so Jello pudding gravy. It's that texture. Yeah. More yeah. snack packs for me. <laughs> now, but 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 Welch's fruit snacks. Oh, mm. I'll take that chewy chewy gelatinous texture all day. Yep. <laughs> yep, that, yep. When did we buy? Was it going on Collins? We bought a bunch. When was it? Was it a couple months yeah, ago? Yeah, you did. Yeah, uh, yeah, you right. brought them down. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. A couple yep. months ago, Memorial Day, five months ago, <laughs> six months ago, almost. Just about. Not, not yeah. quite. Oh yeah, no, you're right. It is six yeah, months. I did math wrong. Yeah, six months. Because holy fuck, yeah, it's because already late November. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Col- Colin doesn't have the soundboard, so I just did it. I just yeah, did yeah. It. it was decent. It was decent. <laughs> Well, you won't see any green beans on my plate on Thursday. Oh, that's on. for sure. Any but, vegetables at all? Uh, that's what mashed potatoes are for. Oh, my God. That's a starch. <laughs> it's a tuber. He knows that. I think. Maybe not. Yes. yes I you do know, know e- that. Ethan, maybe maybe it is a texture. Because I never really like cranberry sauce either. It's absolutely like, a texture. Huh. Yeah, 100%. Yes. You're welcome. I'm glad that I figured this out for you. <laughs> this lifelong mystery. <laughs> yeah. If Mama Root does have a recipe... I want it because I'm going to okay. try and make someone do it on Friday for me. Okay. I mean, it's, <laughs> you're it's not going like to make it yourself. It's like a day long no. investment, just like in, of time. Like it takes a while. There's, there's a lot of people there that have time this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll ask her, I'll ask her for it. Um, I mean, uh, my, my roots one, one, one heck of a cook. So, but anyway, yeah. Um, Fantastic. Not, hi mom. So um, <laughs> anyway, got the high mom in early yeah yeah <laughs> now she All can right. turn it off that's good <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so, so what do you you said you're you're meeting this weekend colin so what's your what's what's your plan what's your tradition uh we we don't really have a tradition i don't i don't think but we're we're going to raleigh and that's where we'll spend thanksgiving hang out there a few days i'm actually getting a booster tomorrow so I oh, guess nice. I'll, awesome. I'll see how I feel 
after that, but I got um, mine a couple weeks ago. I didn't feel a thing. So I still okay. haven't gotten notified about mine. That's that's lame. You, everyone's eligible as of Friday, last Friday. Oh, all right. I got to get in touch with my health insurance. Last time yep. they told us when, when it was available. All right. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So I know you were a little busy with uh, some other body that's, parts. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Ethan, you, you heading back up to Connecticut? Yeah, my plan is to just roll out of bed early tomorrow morning. And actually, you know what? Here's what I'm going to talk about. Here's, here's, uh, I got a, this, I don't know if this will turn into a real rant, but okay. So my parents live in the Hartford, Connecticut area. I live in the DC area. Now, for those who don't know, the Eastern Seaboard, um, Route 95, it goes up and down the East Coast and it's brutal. It's like a horrible fucking highway. There's always traffic, there's always accidents. It sucks. So as you can imagine, driving, driving from DC to the Hartford area blows. Um, you're, you're pretty much always going to hit traffic somewhere unless you're going at like very, very off hours, like overnight, right? Cause you're going, you're going by Philly, you're going by Baltimore, you're going through New York city. Um, and then Connecticut itself is actually pretty nasty too, especially Southwest Connecticut. Cause that's a lot of New York people also. Um, so for this trip, I was like, you know what? It's a really, it's, it's a long drive. It's stressful, tons of traffic. You know, maybe I'm going to try doing like a train or a bus. And now part of this is my fault. I procrastinated. Okay. But train tickets are as expensive as plane tickets right now. What the fuck is the point? Like, well, isn't it? No, 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 no. It's because you procrastinated. Okay, but still, how are oh. you going to charge $200 one oh. way for a fucking train ticket? That's oh. insane. Oh. Trains should be more affordable. Oh. Trains should be more. Colin, shut the fuck up. Oh. Trains <laughs> should be more affordable. This is insane. When I costed out an Amtrak from Philly to New York City a couple weeks ago, it's 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Yeah, Philly Ooh. to New York City is way closer Ooh. than D.C., Okay, yeah, but it's it's, about an extra three hours. It's an not extra... ten times as long, so you're you're obviously getting some extra holiday pricing in there. I'm just saying it's bullshit, and that trains we should be encouraging public transportation, and by by and, and in order to encourage it, prices should be fucking reasonable, even for procrastinators. We're talking about like sitting on a train for eight hours. Like it's insane to me that you that you can charge that much, and Thanks, then the buses Obama. now the <laughs> now the buses are actually pretty reasonable prices, but. Every bus line, like major bus line that I looked up, they had like decent ratings, some of them, but they all had enough like really bad reviews that I was like, you know what? I don't really want to fuck around with this. Well, um, yeah. Which is also disappointing. Buses are, well, Megabus was pretty nice, but. Yeah. How long, what's like the farthest you've done on Megabus? Uh, you know? Chicago to Cleveland. Um, and how many hours of, of like normal driving would that be if you were driving your car? If I'm driving my car, it'd be six hours. Okay. Um, and it worked fine? It was fine. Yeah. I used to, uh, I used to take the Greyhound from Cleveland to Buffalo, and my parents in college would pick me up in Buffalo and drive me home. Okay. But that, even though it was like a three and a half hour car ride, would take like six hours with the Greyhound. Did it have Greyhound to make a bunch of stops? Yeah, they'd, they'd stop in like, you know, middle of nowhere. Um, they'd stop in Erie, and like every time we'd go to Erie, we'd get boarded by Border Patrol, which is always kind of weird. Oh, um, weird. Yeah. Um, but they were within so many miles of the border, so they can do that. But it was always really weird. I got woken up. Well, I have another story. I'll tell it some other time. Mm-hmm. Um, the one time Matt Matt interacted with Border Patrol. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, buses and yeah. mega buses hit or miss, and yeah, yeah, and that also bums me out because again, like every other rich country in the world has like amazing state of the art public transit. Ours is like stuck in the 1950s and that's fucking bullshit. Well, cause we're um, so car centric. I mean, I know and cars. we shouldn't, I know. And we shouldn't be, we need to start moving away from that for the fucking environment. Like this is the point. 
Like, no, we're just going to get electric hovers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that'll be too little too late. $125,000. Macho Man Hummer. Oh, my God. All right. This is good. You got, I wish you got to add one of those to the uh, soundboard, too, I think, Kyle. Yeah, I think but, we get uh, a lot of good stuff from this epi so far. Yeah. So I'm going to – my plan is to just roll out of bed early tomorrow morning and, and just fucking hit the road. So we'll see. Uh, you guys know that I uh, am often running late. So, so we'll see what Interesting. happens, you know? Yeah. Interesting. So, you know, you if know, I aim to leave at 6am, then maybe I'll leave by 7am. You know, you know Toddy be- was shocked that we recorded when we did today. Cause I told her earlier, I was like, Ethan said that we could go early, but he's on Cosmo Kramer time. And uh, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't always mean that. So we'll see. And then I was like, yeah, hey, we're going to record around eight. And she's like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, I just figured it'd be nice to get it done with since I was home early. So you know, you, you can always like drive up here and like miss the DC and Baltimore traffic, and at least get two cities out of the way, and then just like leave tomorrow morning. That's true. You know what? I actually never even thought about that, but that is a good idea. Yeah, I won't. I don't think I'll do that at this point, but that is well, a good no, idea. No, I, I wouldn't want you to drive now. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, two hours now drive? would be easy, though. Me. Well, I've lived in Miami for two years, and I've lived in the D.C. area for two years. So well, four I mean, years. Can so, you drive? So four, oh, oh, you mean with my arm? I thought you were mocking me for like how I got my bike. <laughs> I was going to say oh, Kyle, four years of a good ramp. Four years of driving in Miami and D.C. cumulatively is equivalent to forty years driving anywhere else because they're the fucking worst. Um, yes, I can drive. I, it's 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 awkward um, and like turn doing the turn signals a pain in the nuts because I like have to reach in through the wheel with my right hand and like do everything with my right hand and. Long turns are annoying with, you know, just the right hand, but it'll Just be start fine. sticking your arm out the window and doing hand signals, you know, <laughs> your, your, your busted arm. I yeah, guess you, right. Maybe you can only do this, so I don't Pretty know much. if that works. Yeah, so. uh-huh. And I don't know, Ethan, our, our California listeners out there might be upset with you because... Oh, sure. Add LA into the group. I, I was I'm, just saying, I Yeah, know. top tier. Top tier, like, metro areas for the worst driving... Miami, DC, LA. That's probably your top three. I mean, I'd be interested if, if anybody, if any of our listeners have other uh, uh, nominees, but I, I don't think there's anything worse than those three. I don't think so. Not, not in, and not in America anyways. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm meanwhile, like I'd get stuck in like 10 minutes of traffic in Cincinnati. Like, fuck this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I I had it easy. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. All right, boys. This is your choice. There's three topics Ooh. left for the episode. One is super dark. Okay. One is helpful. And one is fun. Are we going to try to do all three? Yeah. All right. Let's get super dark out of the way. Would be my vote. Matt. Matt. Uh, uh, I'll defer. Matt, if you have a preference, it's all right. Oh, I'll defer. This is a democracy. We're egalitarian around here. Uh, right. no, I, I defer to you. I, I All right, got, let's do super the, dark. I got my my um my oh, what are they called? Cat my service cat here, just yeah. in case, you know. Boris, hi Boris. Uh, Hello, all right, buddy. Super dark. Let's do it. All right. Well, as everyone knows, uh, shitbag Kyle Rittenberg. Oh, Rittenhouse. <clears throat> Rittenhouse. Whatever. Yeah. He's not worth learning the name. Yeah, I can't even enough. get the intro right. How am I going to remember his name? Yeah. True. <laughs> Uh, obviously was uh, um, not guilty, found not guilty on Friday uh, for two murders. Uh, and um, what I what I wanted to talk about 
uh, one of the sub stacks I read is from the great Kareem. And uh, he is uh, not just a great basketball player, obviously, but uh, a really amazing activist. And he wrote a column today, actually, uh, which is why I was uh, bringing this up. I'm going to read you a few of the quotes that stood out. Uh, Ethan, I'm sure you're the one that could probably speak the most to this um, out of the three of us, but we can take this whatever direction. But I I thought these were really interesting points that Kareem made. Um, The first one is said, people of color are worried about vigilantes who they think they've just been issued a 007 license to kill roaming the streets, looking for targets darker than beige. And then he said, the fact that we may not like why Rittenhouse was in Kenosha or the police or that the police were clearly prejudiced in supporting him as he wandered the streets with a loaded rifle or that he's become a poster boy for white supremacists and right-wing pundits doesn't justify conviction if the case, is, case presented in court doesn't merit it. And then he said, over 150 years after the end of slavery and Black people are facing legislation in nearly half the states to make it more difficult for them to vote, while rampant ger- gerrymandering ensures that when they do vote, their effect, the effect of their votes will be diluted. Um, and then this last one, uh, is, it's a little long, so bear with me. But um, he says there are good reason to f- there are good reasons to fear vigilantes. Vigilantism is that how you say it? Vigil- I think it's vigilantism. I think yeah, vigilantism has been so romanticized in <clears throat> our culture that we can't really be surprised when some impressionable kid wants to be a superhero. From Spider-Man to Batman, the Marvel and DC universes are almost entirely vigilantes. Colorful costumes and angst- angsty origin origin stories don't change that. Our heroes are rule breakers who think they know what's best for people more than the judicial system or elected officials. That's what made Trump appealing to so many. He was a softcore vigilante who thought he knew better than everyone else. He didn't, and the economy was damaged, civil rights were repressed, and thousands of people died unnecessarily as a result. Ironically, the vigilante and the villain live in the same code that they should be permitted to act outside the law because they alone know what is best. While that makes for entertaining fictional stories, in real life, it creates chaos and injustice, and we can't and won't tolerate it. Damn. Nice. Yeah, it was, uh, it's really, you know, subscribe to Kareem's, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, subscribe to his Substack if uh, you're not he has a free one uh, as well just like most of the the big writers but um you know really got me thinking and uh that that last one you know with the Spider-Man Batman thing like that's what really got me cuz like I love Batman like yeah you always have yep always have <clears throat> yeah and I always thought he was doing the right thing you know acting in the way that he has, but like when you read it that way and you read and you see like what people in our country are doing there. And, and that's why he says, you know, it makes for good fictional stories. Like you can paint that picture for Batman, for Bruce Wayne in a good light where you can't do it for a fucking 17 year old whose mother uh, also should probably be charged um, you know, in, the, in this whole thing, by the way, uh, thanks to to Dalvin, my neighbor Dalvin, for that uh, little nugget, uh, willingly drove her son uh, with his rifle, seventeen year old son, to this place mm-hmm. of uh, you know protest or whatever the fuck was going on there. And I I just don't I don't know how it gets any better. 
Um, it's just really sad though. Uh, and, and I think all of those things are, are true. Um, I know they're just opinion from one person, one black person uh, at that, but um, I think they're true. I think it's scary. Um, and I just don't know how it gets fixed. Like I, I honestly don't know that we ever see it truly fixed in our lifetime. And that's really sad. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think I, I pretty much agree with everything you're saying. Um, I think every, everything, all the quotes that you, you shared from his piece um, to me are just like simple common knowledge at this point. Now I know that there are plenty of people who are going to um, uh, argue with them or disagree with them. Um, I follow a lot of activist pages and organizations on social media and all of those things that the, all of those quotes you read, that's nothing new. That's the same type of shit that has been talked about and written about since Trump got elected. I mean, right? Like all of that shit has been in place since then. And really before, if we're being honest, right? The one thing that we, we have to kind of remember is that Trump is the symptom. He's not right. the cause. Right. He is, he is a symptom of decades of, uh, really, really damaging right wing propaganda. Um, and that's what happens. You get that eventually, right? Um, now, <clears throat> in terms of like the other stuff Abdul Jabbar is talking about, um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk too much about the details of the case because I don't know every detail of the case, and I also have enough lawyers in my family and among my friends to know that law is um, really really difficult. We like to we like to think that law is black and white, and it's not. It is like the biggest shades of gray you can imagine. I'm gonna t- actually I'll tell a really quick story about that. My uncle was a practicing, one of my uncles was a practicing lawyer for a long time and he didn't really like it, but it was a good job. The thing that made him quit, he was on a conference call with, with two other people that he was working on a case with. And those other two people argued for a half an hour straight. Now he might be, he might be exaggerating, but they argued for a long time. And their argument was about this, the wording in something that they were writing a document. So they were going to either write to the best of my knowledge or to the best of my actual knowledge. That was the argument. They argued about whether to choose those one, one of those two sentences, and they argued endlessly about it. Literally, the only difference is the word word actual, okay? I'm not going to go into all of that, but the point being that if I, I think I'm pedantic, lawyers are in, in a whole nother fucking world, whole other fucking world. Um, so like the law stuff, uh, I mean, yeah, I think it's bullshit. We know enough about this judge. He was a fucking clown. We know that the jury was 11 white people. Um and in Wisconsin, like we clearly are not trying hard to actually have a jury be truly representative. Um, so I think that's all bullshit. I think it's a sham. Um, I think his crocodile tears are fucking disgusting. There's pictures of him after after the um, after the shootings with Proud Boys holding up the white power symbol and wearing a shirt that says free as fuck. He's a piece yep. of shit. OK, yeah. so let's just let's be like clear about that and just lay that out. Yeah. And but, I don't care that he's only 18 years old. He's no, I don't give a shit. fuck. Yeah, I don't give a fuck, dude. Yeah. When you're you're 18, you're an adult. You can vote. You can you can go to war like uh-uh. yeah. you can. I make, get he was 17 when it all happened. But I mean, even then, there's not that big of a difference between 17 and 18. We're talking about pretty arbitrary numbers, you know. Um, so in terms of like the larger issue that you're talking about with like vigilantism and the divide in this country, I mean, I certainly don't think that, you know, I, I think we're in horrible, I think we're in a horrible place. I think you're right that we probably won't see any good solutions in our lifetime. I think that the biggest issue facing us is the working class is continuously divided and has been for decades and decades. And that's on purpose. Um, we are made to blame other members of the working class, whether we are being divided by religion, by sexuality, by sexual identity, by race, all of these things, we are made to be divided by that. 
Meanwhile, all of your capitalists, all of your ruling class, all of your elites, and this includes Democrats, by the way, Republicans and Democrats alike, okay? They're all fucking corporate, you know, corporate pigs, okay? They all are just taking money and they're all just doing lip service. They're all pieces of shit. What we need to do is the working class needs to truly unify and realize that they are the bad guys, okay? All of those rich motherfuckers who are ruling everything, they are the people you need to be angry at. You don't need to be angry at the uh, the black or brown uh, woman who is um, on welfare trying to raise her, her kid. You don't need to be mad at your Hispanic people who are going and um, working the farm jobs. You wouldn't be working those fucking farm jobs anyway, so shut the fuck up. Like, it's just insane. Like, the propaganda has been so, so, so effective, and I think it's so deeply ingrained in so many people um, that I don't know how you get to that point. I don't know how you get to a point where the working class actually realizes this and, and unites. I think, I think that the internet could help, but I also think that it will take a long time. So I don't know. So it's all devastating. What, what, it, before Matt, before you get in. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about, again, going back to the mom who drove, willingly drove her son? So we just talked about, yes, there's not a huge difference between age 17 and 18. But what we can say, being 32-year-old men, is that when you're 17, 18 years old, while, yes, you can make choices for yourself, a lot of what you're making choices on is influenced by the adults who raised you. Mm. And you're still not fully formed. You know, your brain is still not fully formed and everything. And so like a slight part of me can see where this kid was set up for failure. And so that just has me, you know, again, like, well, how, how is the mom getting off on this without any charges? Like how, I don't understand that part. Like, does, does, does that stand out? Am I overlooking that too much or? or overthinking that too much, I guess. No, I, I think that's a fair point. I don't know enough about like what the laws are, you know, over in those States with all of that, but clearly, clearly the laws aren't bad enough for her to get charged or bad enough. Clearly the laws aren't there. Clearly the laws are not there um, in enough specificity defined enough. Yeah, yeah. Defined enough to, to, to charge her. Um, I think you're totally right. I mean, we all, are, of course, are products of our environment and our upbringing and we're, we're super, super influenced by our parents and everything. No doubt. Um, there's still, I mean, there's no excuse on either of their ends to 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 bring an assault rifle. I mean, we're not talking about a regular rifle. We're not talking about a hunting yeah. rifle. We're talking about an AR-15, okay? Like, look at it. It's terrifying. It's a war weapon, okay? That's what I, I just can't imagine 
my mother ever ever willingly driving me with a with an assault rifle in the car it's it's mm-hmm. just but people have such a different upbringing i can actually speak to this from experience because you guys both know that on my father's side of the family they are from rural upstate new york and in rural areas even in even in a blue state like new york state which by the way for those who don't know new york is only blue because of new york city really most of the state is pretty fucking red um, now, rural New York State, just as much as rural Alabama or rural Wisconsin, it is a totally, totally different way of life, a totally different uh, worldview. So for them, they don't they don't look at guns the way that we do. They look at guns as just totally normal and natural and part of life. And you know how to use it safely. And you got to also be tough and, and powerful because we're Americans and we stick up for ourselves and self-defense and blah, blah, blah. And so I think it's just it's just a totally, totally different idea. Like they would probably be just as shocked. By you saying that, by you saying that you can't imagine your mom doing that with you, they probably would think that that's crazy. Like, like it's literally just the 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 complete opposite end of the spectrum. That's their experience. That's their worldview. It's just totally different. Yeah. Matt, are you going to say anything? You are. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm jumping in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, from from what I've gleaned from people smarter than me who follow the case closer. Um, the law was decided correctly. Now, now, I'm not saying I agree with it. What I'm saying is that based on what was the evidence presented, the law was decided correctly, meaning that he felt afraid for his life and was defending himself. And that justified using lethal, lethal force. Now, I'd like to talk to people more about it because I don't know if I've got a complete understanding of how the case played out. Um, you are right. There's a lot of inconsistencies or things that were done in the trial that I think should have been done differently. Um, but I don't have all the details. There were, were some interesting little tidbits there. There was a lot of focus on whether or not zooming the pinch to zoom was considered altering a video versus just zooming in on a video. That was the mm. thought kind of fast backwards. That's the um, pedantry thing I'm talking about with lawyers. Yeah. yeah. There was, um, there was the inability to call, the people who were shot victims, they were called protesters, but not victims. The people who were killed. Yeah. Um, that was the judge right away yeah. setting the tone for that, right? And, and there was... Um, Fucking grace. What, there, were, there was video that was purportedly written house from a couple weeks before the assault. Uh, the assault, the event, whatever you want to call it, where he was video in a car with a friend of his videotaping some people who were... They were outside and watching people shoplift um, like a Walgreens or something. And someone on, on camera, and this was the, the contentious, contentious part, someone on camera with a voice that sounded remarkably like Kyle Rittenhouse has said, if I had my AR-15, I would like shoot those mother, motherfuckers or something like that. Some, something like that. Please, that's not, not the actual quote. But he says, if I had my AR, I would shoot them. So you know, there's a lot out there. I'd, I'd, I'd like to look at it more myself. but to look at the more overarching kind of things we're looking at here. I'm going to, I'm going to bring up three different things that would encourage people to check out uh, three different podcasts. Number one is um, a radio lab podcast spinoff called more perfect, which is about um, the Supreme court cases that have shaped the judicial system in this country. Ooh. There's one particular uh, about the, uh, it's called the Batson um, rule or the, the, the Bat- Batson case, which essentially um, Ethan, when you're talking about like white people on the jury, it's, you know, the exemption, I believe that allows you to, to get rid of jurors. Like if you think they're going to be prejudiced, you can say you can't make it based on race, but you can, you don't have to justify what it could be like. So I could say, you know, um, 
you know, if I get rid of six jurors and that are all black, as long as I say that it's not about race, it's something about, about something else, you can get away with it, which is kind of interesting. I would really hi- highly recommend uh, checking that out. It's the, the episode's called Ob- Object Anyway, or Object Anyway and More Perfect. Um, okay. I'd also suggest checking out the Embedded series. Um, that's by Kelly McEvers on NPR. She's does a lot of different things, but Embedded specifically does deep dives and different news topics. I'm kind of curious to see what they do next. Um, but they did a, they did a, a deep dive on, I guess what, what, what got me hooked for a pretty poor analogy was they did a deep dive on uh, opioid abuse in Southern Indiana, right. As I was moving to that area of the country. So I wanted to be, you know, I'm, I was living among those people. Uh, I was hiring those people, I, those people, I was hiring people in that area. I wanted to learn more about what, what they're going through. Um, so I listened to that, but they did a, um, a deep dive into different police involved shootings and the perspectives of both victims, police, and the training that are received, uh, that's received. And so that's an interesting one. Again, that, that kind of dives toward the, if you feel threatened for your life, lethal forces, um, justified. Now, again, that's the police officer, not with uh, a civilian with a rifle. So again, but, but that's where that, that, um, kind of mentality comes in. And that's where you see in a lot of stand your ground states where as a, if you're in a stand your ground state, all you need to say is I felt threatened for my life. That's all you need to say. And that is your hook. You know, that is your get out of jail free card to use lethal force. And there are people, there are um, groups out there who coach people where you, you can literally go through coaching sessions on what to do if you use lethal force. Uh, and again, to Ethan's point earlier, that's considered, if you're a civilian and use lethal force, and that, that's considered normal. That's that's part of what they do as part of learning about guns. Um, and to get to guns for the third one, I'm going to recommend listening to the whole series. It's called No Compromises. And it's about the gun debate and the the kind of, it's about the fringes of the gun, the pro-gun movement now in the country. If you, if you think the NPR is the, the bad guy, NRA. it's not. Or NRA, the NPR, yeah. It's done by NPR. Um, okay. It's The NRA is actually made to look kind of foolish in the in the podcast series. Uh, and it's done by um, two reporters for NPR that, you know, one of the guys is an ex-Marine who shoots every weekend and is a huge gun enthusiast. Uh, and he's going in and diving into the kind of the origins of, uh, of a family that's really driving um, the extreme no compromise gun movement in the country and kind of what's behind their motivations and how they view from their perspective, how they view weapons in America. Um, so I'd say those are, I, you know, I'll let you guys you know, form your own opinions on those. I thought they were both, they were all very interesting. Um, Ethan, my mom's side of the family is also um, from rural upstate New York. Um, mm. And um, you know, the, plenty of hunters in the family, plenty of people who, are much more comfortable around firearms than I am. Um, and it is, it's more natural. It's something that they, they got to do recreationally. And, you know, it's something that I, I trust them to be, um, to make good choices with those. And I, and I think they do, but, um, you know, it's still kind of an odd, an odd, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's a completely different, like you said, other end of the spectrum in terms of worldview and, and not worldview, but just understanding or comfortable or, or, or approach or view of weapons and to a larger extent, kind of society 
I don't know why I kind of I veered towards guns there, but I, I do think all three, uh, you know, Colony started originally talking about vigilantism. Um, I mean, it is romanticized. It's, you know, billion dollar blockbusters out there. Um, There's a quote I, that I'm looking for. I'll tell you guys if I find it. That speaks really, really well to this. So, sorry to interrupt, Matt. Continue. Um, but I love Batman, too. Like, but um, it, it works because he's a he's a billionaire with a heart of gold. He's got integrity. You know, he's. You, you, you. Uh, billionaire with integrity is an oxymoron. I, Let's th- just. Uh... Let me finish my damn sentence. That's okay, what I was getting right. at. That, that's, oh, okay. that's fictional. Like, <laughs> I mean, you rely the, the whole the whole pivot of the whole story is that he's making the right choice, and is he like you know does that does that really exist? You know, it's noble in the movie, but um, how often it does that actually happen? Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, Trevor Bauer. Uh, Hopped on the Rittenhouse train today. Oh God! Yeah, he was posting. Oh, maybe you shouldn't decide cases before you hear all the facts. You know what, Trevor Bauer? <laughs> oh God! Yeah, Trevor Bauer. Tie it back down to sports. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think we were ever going to say his name on on the show. <laughs> you can edit it out if you want. You can you can do like a um, Colbert and just never say the former president's name ever again. <laughs> Yeah. He's got nick- new nicknames from every night. It's great. <laughs> Colbert's a legend. That's for oh, sure. Yeah. You find your quote, Ethan? No, I'm still looking for it. It's so good. It's um, it speaks so well to this um, and I, I don't want to start talking about it because I I know I'll butcher it. It's not as I won't say it as well as this writer, the writer who wrote it. If I'm remembering correctly, she's a really great writer. But basically, it's speaking to the vigilante idea, and also the vigilante idea. It's deeper than that in this country. It comes from the whole idea of rugged individualism and individual liberty being placed above everything else, being valued above everything else. And I maybe have talked about this on the pod. I've definitely talked with you guys about this, maybe on the pod. But we're like the only rich country in the world that values individual liberty over the collective good. That's why we still have 300 million guns in the streets. And every time we go into a grocery store or a sporting event or a concert uh, or an elementary school, we might get shot and murdered. We're the only rich country in the world where that happens. That's because we value individual liberty above the collective good. Now, there's an amazing quote about that. This is old, right? This is deeply ingrained in our society because of 1700s life, right? Back then, you kind of had to be because there weren't that many people and it just wasn't nearly as densely populated, blah, 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 a totally different world. We should have grown out of it. We should have grown out of it a long time ago. Same as religion and patriotism. These are all infantile fucking ideas, and we should have grown out of them centuries ago. Uh, It's not going to happen anytime soon, so that is what it is. But but it it comes from that, the vigilante thing. It comes from this idea in America where it's like we idolize like people like, uh, to to use an actor, John Wayne, or to use real people like um, Davy Crockett and these kinds of types or whatever. We idolize these people who... They go out and they, they take things into their own hands. They get their gun and they go and they do their thing and they save the day or whatever. And I, I think that that's just like really, really dangerous and harmful. I mean, we've, we have seen the result of that, you know, many, many times through our history, right? This is not new. Um, so the quote, the quote speaks really, really well to that, but that is essentially, that's the idea. So. To yeah, all well, our religious think... listeners, Ethan is an atheist, if you don't know that already. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I th- uh, yeah. Maybe I haven't said that explicitly, but I, uh, yeah, that's funny. Anyways. And the whole like, the whole like vigilante thing is um you know what makes Batman so compelling is that like he does have the moral compass of someone who is a good person like he 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 gets dangerously close 
like multiple times throughout the series of kind of crossing that line. And maybe even some people would argue that he crossed the line, but like, he's never out there intending to kill people. First off, that's, that's a huge thing right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's like totally against guns. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like what you were saying, Ethan, I mean, this has been going, this is nothing new for this country. Just John Wilkes Booth is like a classic example of someone who thought he was being a hero by assassinating Lincoln. Yeah. Like, and, and instead, and instead put the country like back, I don't know, hundred years, 150 years. Like uh, what, what did reconstruction you know, actually end up doing? Well, count it, was, it was 150 years and it would have been before the country existed. So, so you mean 150 it, years from now? No. Oh, I thought you were, I thought you were saying it. He, he meant that it was a setback from 150 years back from 1860s. So, oh, okay. John I thought you Luke meant from now. Murdering Abraham Lincoln set the country back to the 1710s. <laughs> Like, well, we didn't exist then. Yeah. Remember that? Well, we did as colonies. Well, yeah, the country was only like seventy-five at that point, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just saying, like that—that that is where, that is where, like these people on January six, you know, and and everything, like they have these messed up visions about like they're doing good, whereas like a, a vigilante in Batman, like if you truly study Batman compared to what some other vigilantes say, say they're doing, like it's, it's just night and day. So like, even if you're romanticizing and even if it's a a fictional thing, like I, I just, I don't know. Didn't, didn't the Aflac Batman kill people though? Didn't he like shoot people or something? Oh, I thought you said Aflac, like the insurance. No, no, Ben Aflac. Aflac, Aflac, Ben Aflac. Yeah, he shoots shoots people in that. He kills people. He's got guns. Does he? Yeah, I don't think I saw those ones. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, know, it's not the, it's not Christian Bale. It's not, you know, Ugh. what's the do? You, know, I'm not wearing hockey pants or whatever. <laughs> like, like, you know. That's actually really good. Yeah, <laughs> that's a really good one. Another clip for the soundboard. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on. Let's get to let's get to your helpful, your happy count. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah we spent yeah. enough time there. Sorry, that was my fault. I, you know rambled on what well shockingly we we went long with yeah. it with the topic yeah. i know everyone's super shocked super so let's let's do the helpful one i'm gonna i'm gonna call an executive shot here uh let's do the helpful one and then we'll save the fun one for another time um because it's 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 not super timely we don't we don't need to do it right away but we're, we're starting to run long so um the the helpful one this is uh actually going to be directed towards mr Erd. So I was listening to a podcast today. Um, So all all of these things just popped up today. Um, And uh, one of my favorite podcasters was talking to this former CEO of Pepsi. And he asked her, uh, what was the worst career advice? Yeah. What was the worst career advice that she ever got? Uh, And they they went on and and everything. Uh, But it, it made me think, um, you know, about what's some of the worst advice I've ever gotten. And I've said this before to people on my other podcasts a number of times. I don't know if it's ever been said on this podcast, but some of the worst advice I got was a high school guidance counselor telling me to avoid going into sports for a profession because I loved it so much and I would burn myself out, 
blah, 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 and everything. Um, and I believed it, <laughs> uh, you know, like, again, like being a 17 year old impressionable, you know, young dude, like, uh, I was like, all right. Um, I, I was writing for the school newspaper at the time I was a sports editor. Like I went into college initially, like thinking I did want to do journalism, but that thought always rested in the back of my mind. I was like, I can't do it. Um, and then I ended up going criminal justice, political science is what I ended up graduating with, obviously got farther and farther away from sports. And um, as soon as I graduated, I was just lost, like looking for sports the whole time. Um, and it made me think of you, Ethan, uh, as someone who has followed their passion, uh, you know, pretty much your entire life uh, to this point. Um, I know it hasn't always been easy, uh, but, you know, like I, I whether or not you agree that that's terrible advice that I got when I, when I was in high school, it just made me wonder, like, what's the journey been like for you? Like, is it worth it to like pursue something you're so passionate about? Like, are you happy? Do you like love what you do? Are there things that you wish you did differently? Like, I, I just thought you would be a really interesting person to have perspective on this. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's an amazing question. And I definitely have perspective on this. I have thought about this and talked about this many, many times over the years. Um, because as you can imagine, this 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 exact idea is hugely prevalent in music as well, right? Music and sports both, I think, are, are can be very analogous in some ways in terms of um, the level of passion that people have for it and wanting to make a living out of it, but also they are brutally competitive fields. Um, so yes, I have thought a lot about this. I think what your guidance counselor said to you, I think is valid. Um, that said... It's hard. It's hard when you're 17. So like for me, I knew that going into music, music performance, right? I knew that that was not a practical idea, like the furthest thing from it. Okay. I knew that, but you guys know that my passion for music is like, it's all consuming. And, and so I just couldn't, I, I never truly envisioned myself doing anything else. I never imagined it. Um, I just always knew I was, I'm going to be in music in some capacity. Right. That said, the burnout thing is totally real. I have dealt with it um, significantly and pretty much I would say, God, it's got to be a high percentage of my of my friends and colleagues in music, especially the ones who have who have been performers at one point or another, which for those who don't know, I was a freelance performer for much of my 20s. Um, now I'm just I have a stable teaching job, which which um, in a lot of ways is is better. The stability is better. But the burnout is real and it's common. It happens all the time. And I think what it comes down to is like, you have to, it has to be that situation like I'm talking about where you just can't imagine yourself doing something else. That's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is, and this just is a, is a kind of just a bummer in your case, Kyle, is the, um, when you are 17 and a guidance counselor is talking to you that, that you are impressionable and you are probably going to take what they say seriously. Now, in my case, I had a private trumpet teacher who had very, very strong opinions and I had been studying with him for like five years. So like, if a guidance counselor said something to me about going into music, I'd go and talk to him and he'd be, he'd be like, yeah, yeah, fuck that person. Forget about them. This is what you need to know. And because he was very, very blunt and honest. So like if, if I was not cut out for it, he would have told me. Guidance counselors, what, what bothers me about this, guidance counselors don't actually know us. They never get to know us as people. This guidance yeah. counselor, she was it a she, she or he? It was a she. It was she, probably like the only time I ever talked to her. Yeah, exactly. She didn't know. She didn't know anything about you. You know, yeah. and so that kind of bothers me. Um, I don't think it's like the worst advice. Well, 
I don't know. I get what she's saying. I don't think it's the worst advice ever, but I do think that if you have a passion that is that strong, it's, it's worth risking the burnout, um, would be, would be my thought. Um, it can be tragic. Don't get me wrong. The bad side of things is, is that the burnout gets you and you end up leaving the field. And then, and then that so super, super powerful love and passion that you had all your life is gone. That is, that's a true tra tragedy. That's, that would be so, so awful. Um, in my case, it, I'm not doing what I expected to do, but I am happy. And I, every single day I wake up and I just, I'm like, oh, all right, I'm going to like practice instruments and talk to kids about music. Like, this is fucking awesome. Um, like I generally teach a lesson every single day. I even teach a couple on weekends and you know, it, it's flexible, but like, I never dread work. If I, if I had ended up when I was in high school, if I had said to myself, oh, I'm going to be practical and I'm going to find something that's not music, there would absolutely, there'd be plenty of days where I'd be dreading work. And there would be plenty of days where I would be wishing I should have just gone after music. I should have tried, you know, at least given it the effort. And if I failed, I failed. Right. Um, really fascinating stuff though. I'm glad you, I'm glad you thought of bringing that up. I guess, I don't know if my thoughts were that organized. I guess her advice to me is not invalid. I, I think it's, I think it's valid. Um, I just don't like that as coming from a guidance counselor that doesn't know you and, but the burnout thing is legit, um, for sure. So, well, so well, what about, it, sorry, Matt, I, I'll, I'll let you go in a second, but what about, what about, so you said like it, it gets you and like you, you end up leaving, um, which I guess could happen to you. Yeah, you know, it could. Like, yeah. How, how do you, how do you like, how do you, how are you satisfied or fulfilled even, I guess, just knowing that like, I don't know, you probably have to work another 30 years regardless of what you're doing. Um, is it going to be in music? Like, what if it's not, then, then what do you do? <laughs> you right. know, like that's, that's uh that, that's just something that, that I wonder too, like, you know, cause like your, your undying love for music is, is like my buddy Bruce and, like obviously he became mainstream and you know it's it's pretty successful <laughs> um, <laughs> pretty yeah he's pretty successful <laughs> but it doesn't always work out that way you know and uh yeah i know you would love to uh be in your 70s doing what bruce is doing hanging out with obama and um yeah, podcasting you know, all this with him. <laughs> yeah podcasting right. with them and yeah. all this fun stuff but uh getting ready to tour next year but it, it just uh I don't know. Like I, that, that part of me wonders too, like, when is it ever enough? Like, when are you satisfied with? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question too. And I think that that answer is different for everybody. So for me, I have, when I was younger and you guys know this, when I was younger, like as a teenager and in my early twenties, um, I was pretty myopic about wanting to be an orchestral trumpet player that, <clears throat> that had been what my training had been in my teaching had been emphasized in that. That was like my biggest passion. But what I have found as I've gotten older and I've done various grad degrees and studied different areas of music, I have found that for me, my love of music is not that narrow. Um, and I have found that I can be and am happy not doing that. Um, there are days where I miss playing with orchestras and, and I kind of want to, you know, get back into shape and go do that. But I also know at this point that I love so many facets of music. You guys know that I'm very, very obsessed with folk music, specifically American folk music, but folk music of all kinds. I, I think it's just the best. Um, music is a really, really big world. And so for me, I don't, I, I could see the teaching job eventually that I have now. I could see that eventually getting tiresome after, after enough time, maybe, maybe. Um, but in that case, 
I would just find something else to do, I think, within the music field. By that point, my credentials would be enough that I think I would be okay to, to do, you know, to do some sort of transition to a different part of the music world. Um, there is part of me that, that would want to be more of a full-time performer. That, that is the one thing maybe to your question that is, that is not super fulfilled. Um, and in terms of like, is it enough? Um, that's the one area where it's probably not enough. I mean, I, I did get to do, you know, Jeremy talked about how he's gotten to live his dreams when he was on our show, right? He's gone on tour with his band and all of this. And in a, in a certain sense, I have too. I've gotten to play with my hometown professional orchestra, many, many concerts, my favorite pieces ever with my teacher, like in the same section as my teacher, you know, like that's really cool. But I never did the things that I expected to do. And I don't know that I will do them, you know, from this point forward. So there always is that little, that kind of little uh, voice in the back of your head, right? That's like, you know, you, you, maybe you could have done this if you had been smarter or worked harder. And that's especially true in my, my case, because <laughs> I didn't work as hard as I should have. And I procrastinated. Um, and, and of course, you know, cause, cause I am who I am. Um, so it's hard, but I think it's different for everybody. For me, I feel good about it. Um, and I think barring some crazy, crazy economic catastrophe, I think that my, my current living is, is pretty stable. Um, Northern Virginia is a wealthy area. And private lessons are like chump change to them. So uh, even even with a downturn in the economy, I think most of my families would still be fine. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know if that kind of, does that kind of answer what you were getting yeah. at? Yeah. Yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah. Go ahead, Matt. There's nothing chumpy about you, Ethan. Chumpy? You said chump change. You're not, you're not oh, chump, chump change, chumpy. <laughs> uh, in defense of guidance counselors, which I, I mean, I, I I have my own criticisms of mine. Um, my... <laughs> My guidance counselor went on sabbatical the semester I was applying to colleges. So I had someone who really didn't know me writing my recommendations, um, like had known me for two weeks. Yeah, it's insane. Um, and uh, that that's really stupid. We yeah. can we can go into that later. But that was one of my one of my gripes about that process. But that's ancient history. Um, but, you know, their, their job is to just try and bridge the gap between high school and college. They're trying to find you know, find good placements for people. And I think they're going to err towards conservative, you know, conservative advice because if they told everyone to pursue sports, they're going to get a lot of people who do end up in, in trouble, you know, yeah. but Colin, you're not everyone, Ethan, you're not everyone with your passions about these things. Um, and, you know, you both have been hustling for years now to make it work. Colin, you're now on a professional podcast network. You've been doing talent 409 for what, 10, 12 years. Um, right not quite that long mm -hmm. still a long time um you know ethan you've been like you said you've been you've you've gigged you've worked in libraries you've worked at bookstores you've played with professional orchestras you've taught like served musical theater weddings holidays yeah you know i mean that's all part of gigging holidays yeah. at churches you know playing that giant church in in syracuse every Which is, year yeah a wonderful place to play um, yeah so you know that's that's that passion coming through and that's where unfortunately it is it is tough that the you're you know a guidance counselor with their snapshot of you yeah um doesn't get that now you know think about it this way um you know liverpool our graduating class what 600 people ish that's on yeah, the high side 635 and and we had what six guidance counselors is that right i don't remember six or ten let's say if it's ten then they had 60 kids each if it's six then they had 100 kids each um yeah which is bonkers. Per year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Now, now let's say, let's say 50% of those kids go to college. Um, you know, 
which I don't know if that's high or low for Liverpool back in 2007, but I feel like that might be an average. Um, you know, that, that's a lot. And they're trying to manage everyone's application and they're trying to get everyone out there. Um, but yeah, I do think it lends itself to poor advice or not the best, you know, advocacy for you. Um, so, yeah. Um, now, I, and I have kind of the opposite um, of experience. I took like a, a calculating approach to everything and I can't, I, you know, I, I am, I am, you know, well off financially and I've got a job that I'm good at and I'm continuing to kind of progress and be successful there. But, um, you know, I, I, my joke was if you, t- if you told high school Matt that I'd be, you know, oh, light bulbs and dirt, like <laughs> what, <laughs> what, um, you know, I, I don't, and I can't even go back then and, and point to what I was going to, you know, what I thought I was going to do. I just thought I was going to rule the world back then. So, um, you know, I, at one point I thought I was going to be a lawyer. At one point I thought I, you know, I really liked history. At one point I thought I was going to be a politician. Um, you know, it, it turns out that I settled in engineering because I like problem solving and I was good at chemistry, which spoiler, if you're a chemical engineer, you don't really even know how to chemistry guys. Um, <laughs> if you're, if you like chemistry, go into material science or polymer engineering, just as a heads up to anyone, any prospective college students out there listening to the cutting edge podcasts uh, to Jackson, a schlub, but um <laughs> But yeah, and so yeah, it, I think I've I've got the opposite where I've taken such a a rigid look at it, and and um, I don't I feel like this is kind of extreme, but like a passionless look at it. Like I am passionate about what I do because I want to be successful at whatever I do, um, you know, and and I'm enthusiastic about it because I want to get better and I want to improve and I want to be good and I want to I want my team to be successful and I want my company to be successful, but damn it dirt <laughs> like dirt <laughs> now growing media scott's growing media is great and it's the best in the market and we have a great product and i can tell you all about it and i can get excited about it and tell you why you should <laughs> buy our product and why we're the best company out there and you know our market share shows that but still dirt light bulbs um so you know I, we've talked about this before and colin you're one of the biggest champions for if i could go back and do things differently i would you know open a brewery um now I, I I rationalize myself out of that based on you know market conditions and saturation and all that stuff, but um, yeah, it, it's it's different. Yeah, I I, I I have so much respect for you guys because um, that passion still is there, and you guys are still you're still hustling all the time. And Colin, your wife too. Like, damn it. All this stuff that Toddy does. Shout out for a Toddy there. Here, 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 mm-hmm. add, add another shout out to the Toddy shout out meter. Um, um, you know, she will tally that. I know, I know. That's why she said she was <laughs> she was complaining the other day. So, I need but I can also give a shout out to the Landrys and a shout out to uh, I got to give a shout out to the Vicks in Cleveland. If you guys are listening in Cleveland, Kevin and Olivia uh, and Acadia, hello, nice to hear, you. nice to talk to you guys. Same with the. I, I won't, I won't, I won't keep giving them out. I gotta, I gotta protect them. But <laughs> anyway, um, you know, it's, I, I can't say that I wake up every day, Ethan, and don't dread going to work. Um, you know, I spent yeah. four hours today looking at sales and budget projections for soil and mulch in the Northeast Philadelphia area market. Like, ugh. yeah, Jesus. Um, but I also spent, you know, two hours, with a couple team members trying to work on a couple really difficult technical problems and see how we can fix it. So 
I'm talking a lot now. It's good, dude. That was all great. And yeah. it was good to, good to get a different perspective from, yeah. from mine. Yeah. So that, that's yeah. really great. Yeah. And I think it, what it, what it just made me think of, and this is what we should do more of in the, in the long, dark off season that will officially start the next time we record uh, with the CBA expiring. Oh, you brought it up again. <laughs> <laughs> We've been teasing it long enough. We're a week away. It's going to happen. Oh, God. Um, so, oh, what what I was going to say, though, is that like the three part of the reason that the three of us are such good friends is because of our love for sports, specifically the Yankees. Um, but I think the other one of the other reasons that we just unlocked, like without knowing it, is like we we all like are super passionate about like caring about the right things. Like we all go about it in different ways. And like, we all have our, our own opinions and we, we rib on each other all the time and it's, it's a lot of fun, but like, I respect both of you just as much as Matt was saying, he respects you know, both of, you know, Ethan and me and, and everything. And like, um, there are things that I'm always like, Oh, wait, I, I wish I could, I wish I could be more like focused like Matt. And then I also am always like, I wish I could just be more carefree like Ethan. I don't know how many people would describe me as carefree. I mean, my career choice certainly, you know, shows a, shows a certain relaxation, but in the rest of my life, maybe not so much carefree anyways. <laughs> well, the point is, I think, um, yeah, we, we've talked about, you know, trying to get a little bit more personal, for lack of a better word, uh, on the podcast and like talk about ourselves more. And I think like the more people know about us, like the the more they could relate to you know, our opinions and the way that we go about things and understand us more when we are just ranting, you know, s- stupid nonsense about the Yankees uh, in the middle of January, in the middle of a three month <laughs> lockout, you know, whatever it's going to be. So, um, three months, I'd take, three <laughs> I would take three month lockout. Uh, that would mean late April start maybe, you know, like, uh, you know, not too much of the season. Right. Uh, but any, anyway, it just made me think like, maybe we should talk about more topics that like, you know, relate to the the three of us on a day to day basis and uh, tie them in somehow. I'm okay with that. That goes under the, the yeah. uh, nonsense umbrella, right? Yeah, yeah. It could be under what uh, whatever under umbrella you want. Yeah, just wait and say yeah, because Colin's going to fuck up the slogan enough times. We're gonna there will there will <laughs> we'll be a new, new one out of it. Yeah, yeah. there's going to be a new one that's going to have a word that'll be even better for that. So yeah, hey, I, I actually I got one more topic. It's very quick though. It's very quick. It's just right. a love love letter to my friends in Cleveland specifically my Cleveland sports fans. So the Indians are no longer. Now they are officially the Guardians. <laughs> and they open the shop. They have the merchandise. And I don't know, you, you guys, Colin knows because he laughed. Ethan, did you see within two hours of them opening the new team shop at the stadium, the new Guardians logo sign fell down and shattered? <laughs> um, Amazing. But, I, but, but I've got just, I already have three different friends referring to it as the sign and just <laughs> just lining it up to like the drive and the what the, the fumble or whatever and the decision and uh, stop stop with the the stop once you call it the sign the making, ohio state university you're making it a thing yeah. and you're never gonna you're, you're like it's almost like you want it to be a thing because you want self-fulfilling another, prophecy like, yeah you, you want you want another like 
burden that you can carry around your neck. You can say, yeah, we're Cleveland and the, the, even the sign. Like, no, don't. Okay. Someone forgot a bolt and it fell and broke. Don't like make it a thing. And then like predetermine an omen that's going to follow you. Like 400 years from now, when you have one on the championship, you're going to say, well, it's because of the sign. Like, no, you could just have made it a footnote and had it just be a sign that broke one day and you, you didn't call it the sign and everyone forgets about it. But now that everyone's referring to it as a thing already, it's going to stay around forever. And you just, you just added another, come on, like you're doing great things, Cleveland, but you don't need another burden on your back. Come on. I think it's pretty funny. Please, Cleveland, like give yourself a break. You're a great city. You're a great city. I, I love when Cleveland Matt comes out. I know, really. <laughs> Cleveland Matt is like such a big teddy bear. You know? Oh, it was. I mean, it was a good ten years. I missed. Yeah. I missed the hell out of that place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ethan, any parting shots before we go? Uh, no, I don't think so. I hope everybody has a really great Thanksgiving and relaxes and has great time with family and friends. Wow, that was unexpected, right? <laughs> You want me to say something mean before we log off? I want. Want. Should I say something nasty? If you want. No, I won't. Sasquatch, Matt, what were you going to say? Merry Chrysler, everyone. Have oh, a Merry great, Chrysler. Have a great Christmas or a great Thanksgiving and Merry Chrysler. Yeah, Merry Chrysler. <laughs> we should, Colin, Colin had a typo in our text thread earlier. He meant to say Merry Christmas and he said Merry Chrysler. So we're just going to say that forever. from It's not Chrysler. It's not a typo. Oh my Whatever, God. autocorrect, autocorrect, whatever, dude. No, it's dude. not an autocorrect. Have you so you wrote Chrysler on purpose? Oh my god! Oh, oh wait, is a reference? I thought it was just you being dumb. It's a reference, uh, man. What are we? We're out of loopy. Wow! Well, I will show you when we're off. Oh wait, neither of us knew. Okay, good. Yeah. Wow. It wasn't just me. I no, thought no, it was no. just a really. Why do you silly think you were able to find a gift, Matt? Um, because autocorrect. No, is, it's a real is universal. Thing. It's a real it's a thing. Real thing. Oh boy! All right. Well, then we have to explain this on the next episode. We're this is a real cliffhanger for the listeners. You're gonna <laughs> yeah. be like, "What the fuck is Mary?" Actually, they have Google, so they can figure it out. Yeah, right, I'm yep. sure everyone else has heard it. Uh huh. But All right, yeah. there's Sasquatch. Okay. Saquon's back, baby. <laughs> T-minus five minutes until he injures himself again. Yep. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.